TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Good morning, everybody. It is time for another exciting edition of Driving with DeMarco. If you don't know, that means we are actually in the car driving to work on this beautiful Monday morning. That would make it, I believe, April 22nd. I apologize if that's wrong. Heck, let me check real quick. April 22nd, I got it right, beautiful. So if you hear any strange noises, if, if the GPS lady jumps in, because I keep her on for alerts, then, you know, we'll have a little fun with it, maybe. If not, it just depends on what's applicable. So either way, traffic's pretty light this morning as it is a post-Easter Monday as I head into work. So very excited about that, of course. I am at ChairShotGreg on the Twitter, also on the Facebook and the Instagram, at ChairShotGreg. If you're out there and you have a different moniker or a different handle for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, fix that shit. They should all be the same. Unless you're not trying to grow something, then don't worry about it. But I am at ChairShotGreg on all three. And the website, TheChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head, is at TheChairShot.com. A lot of great, exciting stuff coming up this week. Of course, you're going to have some stuff from myself, some great podcasts. And later in the week, you have the 200th episode of the DWI podcast, which I did this weekend with PC Tunney. Estimated time in traffic, 18 minutes. Yeah, shut up. So anyway, yes, there's traffic. It's, it's the morning commute. We know. But like I said, it's a lot of fun. We're going to name her at some point. We'll get you guys involved in that. It'll be a good time. So this is Monday morning. We're going to start numbering the topics each week, and I might string them together for kind of a post, post-week post show. We'll see. But this week is topic number one, and we're going to talk about the shield. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's have at it. A couple of reminders, though. Number one, you are listening to this. That means you should be a patron of thechairshot.com. Patreon.com forward slash thechairshot is the best way to get this show in real time each and every day, twice a day, during the week and I encourage you another way to support the chair shot is to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt that is at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot or you can go to, to the chair and click store on our menu lots of great designs there including since we just had Easter the Jesus did the job shirt it says Jesus did the job but his dad was the promoter and that is of course the brainchild of one Christopher Platt we got the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling shirt, the Baron Corbin Sucks shirt, endorsed by the man himself, Baron Corbin, who sucks. And then lots of very other great chair shot designs. We got the Chair Shot Brewing Company, which doesn't even look like a wrestling shirt, so you can wear that wherever you want. We got just a lot of great stuff to support the brand, support your friends, and look good in the process, which is very, very important. Topic number one for this beautiful week we're talking about the shield. 
as you know, on Sunday night, we had the final chapter for The Shield. I think it was the last chapter. They changed it to the final chapter. I might have it backwards. I don't know. You can see the review over at TheChairShot.com. Stephen Mitchell did a great review of it in real time. It was a WWE Network special live from a house show in Moline, Alabama. At least I believe it was live. And and they, they showed a couple different matches from that. But obviously, the big one was The Shield. Seth Rollins, who is the WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, who is the future WWE Champion, and Dean Ambrose, who is probably the future Royal Rumble 2020 winner, teaming up against the trio that you knew they would face, Baron Corbin, who sucks, Bobby Lashley, who is great with Leo Rush, and Drew McIntyre, who should have a bright future ahead of them. All six guys in this match are are amazing, in all honesty, and, and I thought they did a spectacular job, but I want to talk about the shield itself and then a little bit about Dean Ambrose because I don't think people, the, the, there's, there's shield marks out there who think the shield is the greatest thing ever. And, and I can't really count them in this grouping because when you've got your favorites, when you got your bias, that, that that's what fandom is all about. And so that's fine. We've got to, we've got to push that to the side, but the shield, I don't know if a lot of people realize this in my opinion, the Shield should go down as the greatest faction in WWE history. Now, I know that's saying a lot. Really, wrestling history. The greatest faction ever should be The Shield. Now, that might sound crazy because you can go all the way back to units like the Fabulous Freebirds, the NWO, D-Generation X, and then, of course, what probably makes it the most blasphemous to a lot of old-school fans out there, the Four Horsemen. But here's the thing about The Shield. Let me compare the Shield to the Four Horsemen, since since I would long time would have said the Four Horsemen was the greatest stable or faction ever assembled. The Horsemen were assembled to protect Ric Flair, and I don't mean that in the literal sense. But Flair was champion, and the Horsemen's job was to make sure that Flair was champion. Now they became decorated champions in their own right. You had a lot of different iterations of the Four Horsemen. I believe the greatest iteration of the Four Horsemen was Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Barry Windham. I think that the Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Lex Luger iteration could have been the greatest, except it was used to turn Luger into a big-time babyface when he was much, much better off as a heel. But back then, the heel had to take the lead in the matches, and that was hard for Luger to do, so I get it. But... The Horsemen were, were amazing. The Horsemen did so much. Arn Anderson, one of the best talkers in the business. Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game. Also the greatest player in the game, in my opinion. But but I have the Shield ranked above the Four Horsemen. And I know that sounds crazy, but here's why. When they debuted at Survivor Series in 2012, which is just crazy to think that it was that long ago, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns, in terms of WWE lore were nothing. They were literally nothing. Now, I know that Seth Rollins was a former world champion of Ring of Honor. Trust me, I saw it live. I was there in in Philly for, for different things they did and, and was there during the Age of the Fall gimmick. All right, I helped Ring of Honor promote their shows in Phoenix when Seth Rollins showed up as the world champion, as Tyler Black, and stayed in a different hotel than the other talent, from what I could tell. So that he just rode over with the office. Who knows? But very interesting dynamic there. So he was a mega star that was well sought after before that. Okay, Dean Ambrose made his name across the independence as John Moxley. Had some crazy pink hair at one point, used to bleed and do deathmatch type gimmicks a lot, which I hate, but he was a name and he had a name for himself and, and probably could have been a big star in a company like Ring of Honor had they brought him in, but you know, 
bad decision by them not to probably. So, but he did a lot of great things with Dragon Gate USA, and I believe at that time the Evolve brand was was there too. So, um, and Roman Reigns was a developmental signing. So he was a college football player signed with developmental, was brought up there, did not work on the Indies at all. But all those accomplishments that I listed, especially for Tyler Black, who was the biggest name of the three before coming to WWE and becoming Seth Rollins, that shit's meaningless. Like, in terms of the WWE, the biggest stage in the world, that doesn't mean anything. Hell, it doesn't mean anything of what you do in NXT. The only time your NXT accomplishments mean anything to the WWE is when the story dictates that it means something. And that's a, a topic that we'll be talking about more in the future is, is, is the story dictates it has a lot to do with when something is important, like the face heel dynamic, like wins and losses, like so much more. Um, but the fact that Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, was a former NXT champion, also didn't matter. But when they made their debut and Michael Cole was freaking out and happened to know who they were and named them and, and the shield became a thing, like the level of excitement they brought was huge. They were immediately thrust into the main event scene in WWE. They were main eventing multiple shows per day, taking a helicopter to fly between them. Now, I know that was rare, but it did happen over in England, I believe, as well. They were a huge act. They had two WrestleMania matches as the Shield. Now, six-man tag matches were not a big thing in WrestleMania. They were usually an afterthought, but the Shield made them a big deal. They kicked off WrestleMania 29 in their win against the hodgepodge team of The Big Show, Sheamus, and Randy Orton. And then, of course, WrestleMania 30, they had their match against Kane and the New Age Outlaws, which a lot of people called the Old Age Outlaws at that point. But either way, the Shane just, or the Shane, the Shield just demolished them. And then, of course, went on to break up shortly after that when Seth Rollins broke the group up with the chair shot heard around the world and joining up with the authority. But look where those guys are now. Roman Reigns is the multiple-time world champion. Main evented four straight WrestleManias. Beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Only he and Brock Lesnar can say that they have done that. Seth Rollins just won the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Has also been the WWE Champion. Also won the 2019 Royal Rumble. He is a tremendously decorated member of the WWE roster. And Dean Ambrose is a former WWE champion. Cashed in at Money in the Bank here in Phoenix on Seth Rollins, who had just defeated Roman Reigns. All three members of the Shield were world champion in the same night. That's insane to think about. But but t- championship compl- you know, accomplishments are, are really... You know, again, they're props, they're storylines. That doesn't mean as much as the fact that these guys are headliners. These guys are headlining names that could main event any show in any arena in any country in the world. And that's all by themselves. If Roman Reigns was there without Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, he would be at the top of the card. If Seth Rollins is there without Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, he's at the top of the card. If Dean Ambrose is there without Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, he's at the top of the card. All three of those guys are bona fide, long-term, bankable main eventers. I can't think of a single stable in history that created that. Take a look at Evolution, who I didn't mention earlier. Okay, Evolution put together Ric Flair, Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista. Now, that group elevated Randy Orton and Batista, but it didn't make a star out of Ric Flair. It didn't make a star out of Triple H. The Shield came in as three unknowns. 
in two and in two years time, a little over two, two and a half years time, became three of the biggest stars in the wrestling business. And, and you know, easily top 25 in history, and that's probably a gross understatement. Uh, you could probably find a way to get them into the top 10 in history for WWE. Definitely Roman Reigns. I don't know about the other two. And the Shield is just, I mean, you cannot dispute their place in history. And I just, you know, when I think of it from that angle, from what it created, I can't think of a better stable in the history of professional wrestling. Very few people came out of the Four Horsemen to become world champion because that's not what it was designed to do. It wasn't designed to make Arn Anderson a world champion. It wasn't designed to make Lex Luger a world champion. He became one. But it wasn't designed to do that. It wasn't designed to make Barry Windham a world champion. He sort of became one, depending on how you think of the NWA championship when he won it. But it wasn't designed to do that. The Shield was designed to bring three guys in and to hopefully get them over. And I think if you're WWE, you probably had high hopes for all three. But you probably figured not all three of them were going to pan out. That, you know, if one became a megastar, that's a success. If two became megastars, man, that's just a great testament to what these guys could do. If all three become megastars, shit, that's an anomaly. Like, that just doesn't happen. But it did with The Shield. So it's my humble opinion. And, of course, I kind of believe my opinion means something that The Shield should go down as the greatest stable, definitely in WWE history, probably in wrestling history. Now, the show ended, of course, with the, the quote-unquote finale for Dean Ambrose. And Dean Ambrose is, is, depending on what you believe, now going to be departing WWE. Now, I find this hard to believe because Dean Ambrose, to me, is, you know, he was injured. He was out for a while with injury, and so that contract could get extended. So even if Dean Ambrose is going to leave WWE, it would behoove them to, to lock him up for a good nine months based off the time that he was gone for injury. Now, they would pay him during this time, so it's not like they're just going to sit here and hold him hostage. He would make money during that time frame to sit at home. And I'd be shocked if he shows up in all-league wrestling because WWE contractually should be able to keep him there. Now, maybe there's something I don't know about his contract. Who knows? Maybe they came up with an agreement. I don't know. I have been on record as saying that he will show up at the 2020 Royal Rumble in Houston, Texas, which there's a possibility I might be at because I really do love the Royal Rumble Live after having done it for the first time this year. And I think he could return. I think he could win. And imagine the storyline. Set the table. Dean Ambrose wins the 2020 Royal Rumble, and he's sitting in a ring on Raw or SmackDown, because remember, at that point, SmackDown's going to be the A-show, and he's standing across the ring, and he's staring at Seth Rollins, who's the Universal Champion, and Roman Reigns, who by that point should be the WWE Champion. You now have all three members of the Shield sitting there vying for the potential WrestleMania 36 main event. What if they do winner-takes-all number two. What if it's winner-takes-all for the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship and Royal Rumble winner Dean Ambrose? What if Dean Ambrose has to stand in the middle of the ring, make his choice, and he says, fuck it, I'll fight them both. And that's the solution. And we finally get that Shield triple threat match to main event a WrestleMania. That's a story. That's a story and a half, especially with what's just recently gone on here. So, Dean Ambrose, supposed swan song. Personally, I don't think he's gone. Personally, I think he ends up back in WWE 
at the 2020 Royal Rumble in Houston. However, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's just say he really is gone and they're not extending his deal or they can't extend his deal or whatever that may be. And he truly is a free agent on the open market. Then goddamn, if I'm Cody Rhodes and I'm Kenny Omega and I'm the Young Bucks and more importantly, I'm Tony Khan, I am throwing everything I have at Dean Ambrose to become John Moxley again and join All Elite Wrestling. Now, there's a lot of good reasons for a Dean Ambrose to want to join All Elite Wrestling. Two in particular. Number one, creative freedom. Okay, creative freedom is gives him, you know, allows him to do kind of things that he wants to do, maybe take a little more leverage and control over his character. I don't fathom that AEW is going to be a scripted environment like WWE is. And so I believe that he would have more of an opportunity to take hold of the direction of his character. And I think most people in Ollie Wrestling will do that unless they need that scripting and that further direction from the powers that be, quote unquote, in the company. But that's, that's sort of a secondary point to the primary point, why I think All Elite Wrestling is a great option for Dean Ambrose and would be enticing if they have the opportunity to go after him. And that's the schedule. Okay, if you look at All Elite Wrestling, now we're going we're gonna to kind of lay it out just a little bit for you here. If they do, when they get on television in October, and I believe they'll be on television. There's all this talk about their TV deal. I talked about it in the last one, one of last week's editions of Driving with DeMarco. But if they get on television in, in October, not if, when they get on television in October, uh, they're either going to, in my opinion, I know that they've talked about being a live show every single week for two hours. You know, those are all details we don't need to get into right now. Not important. Uh, but just just assume for a minute they're live on television every week. So that's 52 dates right there. Then let's just give them, you know, this year they're probably going to put on three or four major events outside of their television. So, so let's max that out at eight. Okay, so you've got 52 live dates in a year plus eight mega events in a year. So that's 60 dates right there. 60 dates for, you know, whatever millions they throw at him. That's a damn good deal, especially when he might have some freedom to work elsewhere, maybe go to Japan, maybe pop up in some other places, who knows. But the opportunity to do that could be enticing for Dean Ambrose, could be fun. Now compare that to the 240 to 260 dates. That's 240 to 260 dates that WWE runs in a year. I mean, that's four times the amount of the maximum dates that you'll probably see out of All Elite Wrestling. That's a huge deal. I think that's part of the reason why these guys developed this, because they probably didn't want to work the hellacious schedules that they were working before. That's got to be really enticing to a guy like Dean Ambrose to go out there and work for All Elite Wrestling because of the dates. Now, that's if that's even available to him and it's if he's even willing to consider it. Because there's a full pro- probability that he's just taking time off, going to return at the Royal Rumble in January. Who the hell knows? Now... Let's just say that All Elite Wrestling goes with the, the TV model that I've suggested, where they're live on, say it's Tuesdays, even though I heard it might not be Tuesdays. So say they're live on a Tuesday, and then they tape around that live show before and after. They tape the show for the following week. So now you're live every other week. Cut your costs down, travel costs, production costs, all of that. So now you cut that 52 number into 26, and you've got your eight mega shows per year. So now you're tapping out, topping out at 34 dates in a year. That's huge. Could you imagine working, making that kind of money for 34 dates in a year? I mean, that's something that's got to be enticing to a guy like Dean Ambrose, who's beaten down by the road, beaten down by the schedule. So if it's possible, I think 
that could be huge for All Elite Wrestling. And I'm not going to go into All Elite Wrestling in greater detail right now because either tonight's episode of Driving with DeMarco or tomorrow morning's episode of Driving with DeMarco will go into All Elite Wrestling because their announcement of Dustin Rhodes sounds very enticing to me. But I think it could be a great option for Dean Ambrose. I'm sticking with my pick. Dean Ambrose returns at the Royal Rumble in 2020 in Houston, Texas. But... I do believe that Ollie Wrestling could be a very enticing option for Dean Ambrose. However, this was topic number one for the week. It was all about the Shield and the last chapter, the final chapter, whatever you want to call it, that took place on Sunday night on the WWE Network. And I do believe, your major takeaway for this point, I do believe the Shield should be regarded as the greatest faction in professional wrestling history. Have a great day, everybody. Remember... Go on to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, Patreon.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick up a Patreon or pick up a Patreon t-shirt. That's pretty funny. Pick up your Chair Shot t-shirt. Sign up on the Patreon. It's only five bucks. Five bucks to get all this great content, including driving with DeMarco. I thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later today. So long.